Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about Congress hunts interdimensionals. That's correct, Congress hunts interdimensionals. We're talking, of course, about Congress starting to finally view these UFOs, this phenomena, as possibly being interdimensional, especially uh, Congresswoman Luna. We're going to get into that. It seems to me as though she's really gone over uh, Gresh's testimony with a fine-tooth comb and maybe based on some of the verbiage in that sworn testimony, she's able to connect a few dots that a lot of us have been doing for a long time, and that's that these things could in fact be interdimensional, interdimensional craft that people are seeing. And that goes so far as to say, even with some of this UFO metamet material that's left behind, uh, sometimes it seems as though it's coming here from another dimension, maybe it's coming in the form of pure energy, and then transmutating into something physical that we can recognize. And we're going to go over a case from uh, Clarendon, Western Iowa that happened back in 1977, see what's going on even today with some of the material that was left behind from that UFO sighting and what many believe are interdimensional beings or craft coming here from some other place, not a physical place so much, but as an extra dimensional place. Now this article here, the first one comes to us from foxnews.com. It says, close encounters of congressional kind, lawmakers struggle to grasp alleged interdimensional nature of UFOs, written by Chad Pergram. It says, there's been an uptick of bipartisan hearings, briefings, and legislations on UAPs over the past few years due to suspicions the government is hiding information. Well, you'd have to be uh, not a very smart person to think that the government wasn't hiding information. That's what the government does. They hide information about everything. We've talked about this you know, ad nauseum on this program, information is knowledge, knowledge is power, and people, just human nature, don't want to collect and control through the use of knowledge because humans want the power. Power can lead to all kinds of cool things. Power can lead to wealth. Power can lead to getting things that you want. So, yes, the more power you have, uh, for a lot of people, the better off you are because they don't care about the responsibility that goes along with that power. The article goes down here a little bit. It says, what happened on a gross... What happened on the grassy knoll at Dealey Plaza in Dallas? Does a mysterious serpentine beast glide through the icy waters of Loch Ness? Is there life on other planets? Perhaps it's only natural. Congress is now probing whether the government is covering up possible evidence of UFOs. That's kind of some lazy writing right there. And this author throws in uh, three different uh, notions that people have questions about. And some people have been ridiculed about uh, quite a bit. And he just kind of puts them in there with, with the whole UFO phenomena. You can tell right there where he's coming from. He's come from a position that where he doesn't really uh, respect or the, the beliefs of people uh, who recognize UFOs. And he certainly doesn't believe in UFOs, uh, from what I can tell in this first paragraph. Then it has this really kind of uh, janky-looking old 1950s-type illustration of of. Uh, flying saucers that have been digitally generated here. It, it, this is, looks like something that a, that a 10th grader would have done for uh, their weekly uh, expository writing class. It goes on down here, it says, the time for this type of congressional inquest into this mystery is only right. Suspicions about the origins of the pandemic and conspiracies about the safety of vaccines, couple that with skepticism about the media, the veracity of election returns, around the government in general. See, so they're trying to, obviously this person comes from a certain political perspective where they think that uh, it's okay for the government uh, to demand us under penalty of law or imprisonment to put things in our body that they won't tell us 
uh, what the ingredients are. Uh, they think that it's uh, illegal for one party or the other to uh, question election results. I question the results with the Bush Gore. Um, I question a lot of results. That's just human nature. It doesn't mean that we're bad or we're a conspiracy theory. It says it's not a stretch for people and now lawmakers to seek more answers about unidentified aerial phenomena. Are we alone in the universe? Well, of course people have questions. That's the difference between a human and, and uh, you know, a plant, I suppose. Uh, we can ask questions. I mean, that's one of the big differences. If not, some in Congress believe they've been left in the dark. Well, anyone in Congress uh, that doesn't understand they've been left in the dark hasn't opened up their eyes to see that there are no lights on. It says a cohort of lawmakers suspects there is mounting information. Government agencies and the military aren't playing straight with Capitol Hill. Notice how he uses the word cohort, kind of like these cloak and dagger, possibly bad people asking questions. And if the truth is out there, they're not getting it. That's why there's been an uptick of bipartisan hearings, briefings, and legislation on UAPs over the past few years. And look, you're not getting the truth. John uh, Kennedy, President Kennedy, was killed, what, 1963? So it's been uh, over 60 years now, and we still know that there's documents under seal. And we've had president after president, you know, from Clinton to uh, Obama to Trump to Biden. Oh, we're going to release those records. Nothing ever happens. What does the deep state have on these people that prevents them from releasing uh, 60-year-old documents? I've talked about it probably a hundred times in this program. Uh, Greenwald requests uh, FOIA information about a, uh, re a reported downed UFO and recovery in Korea back 70 years ago, and he gets a page, go on his site and look it up, and it's completely blacked out with maybe a couple sentences on it. What are they hiding? I mean, they're hiding stuff from World War II, probably stuff from World War One. It says whatever people are seeing could be something from the ground, could be something from the great beyond, but there appears to be discomfort with federal officials divulging to lawmakers what they know, hence the disappointment for Schumer. And frankly, there may be evidence that different silos, quote unquote, of the federal government might not know exactly what the other feds do. Well, you can call that silos, or you can call it the deep state. And that is a court silo, or the deep state does know what's going on. Everybody else is on the outside. And within that silo of deep state actors, there probably are compartments or other silos. To You get to the very evil black heart of that thing where maybe five or six people know what's going on in total. That's not called democracy, okay? It says, granted, some things spotted in the skies might be spatial proprietary advanced technology different agencies or the intelligence community guard with the utmost confidentiality and some of the stuff out there might just be unexplained. Okay, this is another straw man. Uh, might be unexplained proprietary advanced technology. Well, if it's so important that they keep this stuff secret, why are they parading it out in public where everybody can see it? Goes on and says, no wonder this fuels conspiracy theories. Once again, very insulting language. Asking a question about your government committing crimes it's not a conspiracy theory, okay? It's just common sense questions. Such was the case when Intelligence Community Inspector General Thomas Monheim appeared for a closed-door classified briefing for members of the House Oversight Committee last week. Nothing to hide here. We'll just have a secret meeting. 
Some responses were predictable. Stonewalled once again complained Representative Tim Burchett, Republican of Tennessee. I just wasted time, said Representative Raja Krishnamurthy, Democrat, Illinois. I'm more concerned than I was going in. So there he knows. He's been stonewalled, just like Burchett said, not being told anything. More concerned than I was going in. There's a concerted effort to conceal as much information as possible, alleged Representative Andy Ogles, Republican, Tennessee. Well, it's not being alleged. I mean, fact, they have a, they have a meeting where they're asking the, uh, our employees questions, and the employees refuse to tell the boss what's going on. Lawmakers contend they aren't hearing from people who really know what's out there. They send us bureaucrats who don't know on purpose, said Representative Glenn Grotham, Republican of Wisconsin, but at night it might not be as sinister as some suspect. Oh, I'm assuming that it's more sinister than some suspect. This meeting, unlike the one we had previously, actually moved the needle, said Representative Jared Moskowski, Democrat, Florida. This is the first time we kind of got a ruling on whether what the IG Inspector General thinks of these claims. Yeah, that, there's some gobbledygook there. The claims Moskowitz speaks of stem from allegations former military intelligence officer and UAP whistleblower David Grush made at an open house hearing last summer. Grush contends the military has possession of a spacecraft from someplace else, as well as something else. Do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? Representative Nancy Mace, Republican South Carolina, asked at that hearing last July. That's something I can't discuss in a public setting, Grush replied. However, Grush implied the U.S. may have some sort of life form that isn't understood. He termed them biologics at the summer hearing. Human or non-human biologics, Mace asked. Non-human, Grush answered without hesitation. Lawmakers demand transparency, but due to the sensitivity of the material, even they aren't quite ready to yet publicly share what they're learning. Well, no, because they'd lock them up. This is the first real briefing that we've had that we've now made. I would say progress on some of the claims Mr. Grush has made, said Moskowitz. As upset as he was in the briefing, Burchette signaled the same. Well, it's a limited hangout, nothing more. We've got some pretty definitive stuff, said Burchette. It just verified what I thought. Well, I think what he thought was that he was being lied to and probably verified that, if I was gonna make a guess. But it's unclear what definitive stuff lawmakers heard about, let alone what was verified. And we don't know what Burchette thought. Lawmakers are trying to dissect Grush's allegations. Let's step back for just a moment, it says. As a longtime congressional observer, this is the author speaking, I have learned to pay attention to precisely what Senator Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican, says. Decades of reporting on McConnell taught me that you'll know exactly what McConnell's planning to do or pondering if you fillet his words with the perfection of a Ginsu knife. Now, I I find that, you know, hard to believe. This person's assuming that any of these politicians are really doing uh, their own bidding. I mean, at the lower levels, yes, probably. But when you get to the level of the gobbler, I don't think he's probably doing anything other than what his handlers are telling him to do. And that doesn't matter if he's Republican, Democrat, or in the other category. My opinion, my opinion only. Language and framing is paramount in politics. The same is true in intelligence circles, and apparently it's true when it comes to explaining the unexplained, like UFOs. So let's focus on the language. Representative Anna Paulina Luna, Republican, Florida, questioned Grush about why he referred to potential beings as 
non-human intelligence and not extraterrestrials. At that 2023 hearing, Grush suggested that what the government is reportedly has is very complex. Very complex. Nope, not just a not just a biological creature from some other planet. Something way more complicated. After the House briefing last week, Luna noted that Grush previously referred to such entities as interdimensional. Yours truly asked Luna what interdimensional means when it comes to UAPs. Is this something that bends time and space? This reporter asked Luna. The Florida Republican didn't respond directly. He said interdimensional. He refused to use certain terms, said Luna. But back to our political message box analysis. So he just, you see what the author did here. The meat of the story is that one representative from Florida has caught this guy. He, this, this, this author wants to talk about what expert he is at filleting Mitch McConnell's uh, words and how he can just predict whatever Mitch is going to do based on his uh, super intelligent ability to listen to Mick to, to listen uh, to Mitch and to somehow decipher his mumblings that seem like that of a stroke victim more than anything and tell the world this is what Mitch intends to do because this author is such a smart person but when he talks about Representative Luna dissecting the words of David Grush under testimony and how important this notion of interdimensional is she's on to something but what's the author do? doesn't give her any credit. He just asks her a couple questions, claims she didn't completely answer his question, and moves on to the next thing. This is this is how they this is how they do you, friend. They they get this story, and this is a big story, that congressmen and these are people who've been briefed by these deep state reps are now starting to understand that these things aren't biologic. They might might be non biologic. They're not human, okay? There's something, and there's something beyond the scope of little green men. They're beyond the so they're beyond the scope of probably even AI. They're interdimensional. That that theme that keeps coming up is interdimensional just another word for spiritual. We don't know. It's so complicated. It might as well be. It goes on and says, could it be that extraterrestrial or alien means specific things in the intelligence or military communities when trying to atomize what the government knows about UAPs? You know, I really don't trust these guys. It says the term interdimensional pertains to the theory there are multiple dimensions of space and time coexisting at once. The long-standing theory about UFOs is that what we may see on Earth isn't even something from another planet from across the galaxy. Could it be something which broke across the plane of the dimension where we reside from this location in another dimension? After the briefing, another reporter asked Representative Kirschmarithi about Grush's claim of biologics. I can't get into the specifics, the Illinois Democrat replied. I didn't get the answers that I was hoping for. Fox asked Luna if maybe what they're dealing with is so thorny and beyond the norm that conventional science and physics could struggle to grasp this grasp this. I think we can understand it, Linda said, without hinting what lawmakers are trying to understand. We've used this quotation before when writing about UFOs, but it bears, rep bears repeating. And Shakespeare Hamlet tells Horatio, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. In other words, there's a penalty of possibilities people haven't even fathomed yet. The truth may be out there, but it could be impregnable for mere mortals. It doesn't have to be uh, totally understood 
in order to be used. I mean, there's things that we use that, I mean, a lot of us turn the lights on to our house every day. We don't maybe actually know all the nuances of how electricity works. You might have a, a kind of a childlike version of it, but we still use it. And the deep state could be doing the same thing. They could have, they could have stumbled on some sort of interdimensional knowledge that they're not aware of how it works or what it is, but they're able to use it and use it to their advantage. Now, this article was kind of one of those things where it brought up some good points, also brought up a lot of silliness. We'll finish up with the second article here from DailyGrail.com. It says, researchers analyze material from an unsolved UFO case with modern scientific equipment. This is written by Greg on Saturday, February 19th. This is another one of these articles where they get into the surface and what they don't say, I think, says as much as what they do say. Now, the article begins, it says, how do, you, how do you do scientific research on the topic of UFOs and get it published in a journal without shredding your reputation? That was a thought that crossed my mind when I read a recent paper that has managed to navigate that difficult route with the how being neatly answered by its wordy title, Improved Instrumental Techniques, including isotopic analysis applicable to the characterization of unusual materials with potential relevance to aerospace forensics. Boy, that's quite a title. That's how, make it about the science, improved instrumental techniques and make it relevant to aerospace forensics. Now he goes on here and talks a little bit. He says, as such, a team of researchers, including Gary P. Nolan, remember, that's the guy that blocked me on Twitter, and I think only because I made jokes about uh, Louis Elizondo's tattoo, a highly respected Stanford University scientist who has a side interest in anomalies research and legendary UFO investigator and author Jacques Vallée. Jacques Vallée, he's old school, to spend the first selection of the paper reviewing common modern mass spectrometry techniques applied to the analysis of unknown materials across many fields and give an overview of improvements made to these technologies in recent years. In other words, we're just going to talk, 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 and in there somewhere we're going to drop a little nugget of truth. And here's that truth. On the evening of Saturday, December 17, 1977, a luminous red mass, quote-unquote, was observed by two residents of Council Bluffs, Iowa, falling from the sky near the northern city limits. Quote, a bright flash was seen, followed by flames 8 to 10 feet high. When they reached the scene, the witnesses found an area covered by molten metal that glowed red-orange, igniting the grass. Police and a fireman arrived within 15 minutes and saw the mass with estimates ranging from 35 to 55 pounds, running, boiling down the edges of the levee in an area of about 4 to 6 feet. So imagine this, 4 to 6 feet square area of running, boiling, uh, molten metal is what it looks like. The central portion remained warm to the touch for approximately two hours. No cratering was noticed. After ascertaining that the material was not radioactive, two chemical analyses were rapidly conducted, one at the Iowa State University Laboratory and the other at Griffin Pipe Products Company. Now, there was a, I think these guys were the foundry that was nearby there. Hence, some people said, well, somehow this pile of slag must have magically uh, made its way uh, you know, several hundred feet from the foundry to the site. No way you're hauling the stuff in a wheelbarrow or anything else. Then it says, both agreed with the determination that the material was a metallic alloy, chiefly iron, with small amounts of nickel and chromium 
their report indicated that the microstructure suggested the study sample was carbon steel that was cast subsequently reheated to about 1000 degrees and cooled at an intermediate rate so that it resembled wrought iron. It says wrought iron is an alloy containing low carbon content in the 0.08% or less levels. No pictures of the microstructure were provided in the historical report. The problem with that determination was that nothing accounted for the way a large amount of that very heavy and extremely hot material could have been deposited in that area in a molten state. Following the clear observation of a luminous object in the sky, the purported source of the material, which remained unidentified. So you have this UFO show, show up, boom, it drops this molten lava type metal, iron I guess it turns out to be, onto the ground and then disappears. It's phasing into our dimension. Something's happening, whether this is a byproduct of fuel or whatever this, whatever happened, happened, where it seems like pure energy is turned into iron. That's what it seems like. Because as far as we can tell, it came out of nothing. Just dropped there, left there. Oh, and by the way, whatever did this didn't care a lick about whether or not somebody was uh, standing below that machine or whatever it was that dropped this stuff. So that didn't seem to me like they came here for a kumbaya moment. Didn't stop to see who wanted to sit around the campfire. Just blasted into our dimension, took a big old poo on our front lawn of molten iron, and then left. Investigators were afterwards able to gather testimony from 11 witnesses in all in separate groups to the incident. Notably, two of those witnesses said that they saw the object in the sky it was hovering near the treetops, not falling, and they described it as round with red lights blinking in sequence around their periphery. So they see the UFO, 11 witnesses. With the amount of detail given, the consistency of the observations, and the material evidence on the ground, investigators considered five hypotheses to explain the incident. Re-entering satellite debris, meteoric impact, falling equipment from an aircraft, a hoax perpetrated using thermite, a hoax perpetrated by pouring molten level on the ground. Moreover, none of these explanations seem to provide a decent answer. No, because they're all silly. The first three were dismissed due to the lack of cratering and the molten state of the material, while the two hoax explanations left too many questions unanswered. What was the object that was seen falling? How was the, melt, how was the molten metal transported? What was the material on the ground? Investigators wondered, actually ejected from the hovering object. Yeah, well, yeah, pretty pretty obvious. Yeah, I wonder if that UFO did that. We have 11 people say they saw this UFO. They described what it looked like. They said it was hovering near the tree tops, not falling, and they described it as round with red lights blinking in sequence around the periphery. So they saw a flying saucer drop this big chunk of molten uh, metal out of the sky. High enough you know, where they could see it, but not so high that it left a big hole in the ground. Huh, I wonder how it got there. The paper then notes the results of both the original analysis of the material as well as their new analysis using more advanced equipment performed on a sample of the material retained by Jacques Vallée. All the way, to, all the way from France to Iowa, Jacques Vallée from his original investigation. From all these, it found that the material is composed of chiefly iron with less than 1% of alloying metals such as nickel and chromium 
The slag was a foam material containing metallic iron and aluminum with smaller amounts of magnesium, silicon, and titanium. This elemental makeup was highly suggestive that the material was not meteoric in origin or from a piece of man-made space hardware. It's just too junky to be used for space. The more recent isotopic analysis also led to an initial conclusion that sample components were consistent with a terrestrial origin and further advanced analysis using multiplexed iron beam imaging confirmed the isotope ratios did not differ from expected terrestrial values, although significant differences were noted in the homogeneity of the elements across samples. Yeah, in other words, this stuff wasn't the same all the way across. It was all mixed up and splotchy. Nothing like a human would do. Finally, researchers spe speculated on all possible explanations for the incident. One hypothesis was that it might be related to the crash of a Soviet reconnaissance satellite just five weeks earlier. However, it was decided that there was no connection between the two events. That's called grasping for straws. Another suggestion based on the eyewitness report that the object was hovering was that the molten mass might have been ejected from a UFO, though the researchers did not explicitly say that in a paper. However, the researchers note, even in such a speculative area, the scientific steps to be taken are not fundamentally different from those we have outlined. One would have to ask, does the catalog of elements found in the material cause us to believe it does not come from our planet? The materials from Council Bluffs show no evidence of suggesting it was engineered or designed. This is important. The materials from Council Bluff show no evidence suggesting it was engineered or designed. Oh, I guess it just happened on its own. The material would not be expected to form naturally and as shown does have unusual inhomogeneity. Okay, now this is what you call double talk. First off, they say the Council Bluffs uh, sample here, it shows no evidence suggesting it was engineered or designed. So if it's not engineered or designed, that means it must have just occurred naturally. But then the next sentence, it says, the material would not be expected to form naturally. Well, how would it not be expected to form naturally if there's no engineer or design to it? If nobody mixed the stuff together, if no human hand was involved, then it would have had to have been formed naturally. But now you're telling me that it would not be expected to form naturally. And it does show that it has unusual inhomogeneity. I mean, in other words, it's splotchy. It's not all mixed together nice and smooth like we would do. While we cannot divine the purpose, this does not mean it cannot be created by methods even extant in the 1970s. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry that Jacques Vallée signed his name to this. I would expect this out of Nolan. I mean, he gets all kinds of money from the you know government studies and this and that. So, and, and they've got to protect his, a precious, precious reputation. But to sit here and tell me that the materials from Council Bluff shows no evidence suggesting it was engineered or designed. That's the first sentence. Nope, no engineering, no designing. Well, that tells me then that it must have occurred naturally. But what's the next sentence say? The material would not be expected to form naturally. Well, if it's not expected to form naturally, then wouldn't it have had to be engineered or designed? I mean, why are you putting this in here? Why are you trying to cover your, your rear ends? This is a problem with all the funding that's done with these big universities. They have to get grants from someone to do their funding. And the people that they get funding from, in large part, 
either don't believe in UFOs or don't want you to believe in UFOs because they already know they're real, i.e. they're the government. So if these guys would happen to go out and blow the whistle and tell the truth and say, wow, this thing doesn't look like it occurred naturally to me. You got a big chunk of slag guy and I are here in the, in the pasture and we don't see how anybody could have brought this thing out here. It was super hot when we got there. It would have melted anything that you were able to bring it out here with. There aren't any tracks. So it couldn't have occurred naturally. So the assumption would be that it would have had to have been engineered or designed. Can you see, can you see how, the, how obvious the truth is and how these two quote-unquote respected scientists, and I don't know how much that Valet had in writing this thing. He seems like a pretty good guy to me, but at least with Nolan. And this is, and this is the assumption that we end up with? Come on. The researchers do note, however, that liquid metal has been identified by some scientists as possibly being useful, part of some propulsion or power generation system, though they are clear that no such device has been reported to date. Such ideas remain highly speculative. Nevertheless, they do mention speculation that in such a system, depleted fuel might need to be occasionally ejected. Yeah, like when the 11 people at Council Bluffs looked up in the sky and saw a flying saucer, you know, with lights all around the edge of it, when they saw it drop a big chunk of metal, molten metal, out of its bottom end. Yeah, taking a dump on your front lawn. Don't care. Wow. So we're supposed to ignore that evidence and just sit here in stunned stupidity as we look at these pieces of the slag. It, looks, it almost looks like it's got holes in it. They talked about it being foamy. This is not how you would normally make iron, and it's not really good for anything. It doesn't have, apparently doesn't have a high enough carbon content in it. It says, in doing so, the paper sets up a rationale for further investigation along the same lines as has been carried out with the Council Bluffs material. While their analysis did not solve this particular mystery in their final summary, the researchers do feel compelled to discuss that there have been numerous cases over the last several decades of reports of material being dropped from or ejected by unknown aerial objects. It has not been possible or financially feasible to date to bring all the full range of current materials analysis capabilities to bear. Deep metallurgical analysis by specifically trained analysts will need to be consulted for each different material as warranted. Recently, news reports have suggested the presence of other aerial craft of unknown providence witnessed by Navy pilots currently detected with electronic sensors and visual identification. Goes on, talks a little bit about that, kind of finishes up with this case. This this is my problem with Nolan. Uh, they put him out here as part of this uh, UFO mafia, as I call them, these celebrities. Uh, apparently, friends and associates with Louis Elizondo got, um, obviously was upset that I uh, would poke fun at Louis and block me before I had ever left a comment on his Twitter feed. So they get this rare material, this obvious UFO metamaterials, what it is. It was witnessed falling out of a UFO. They were accountable files back in 1977. They get a piece of the stuff and they find out the materials. On the face of it is not that unusual. It's just kind of a really low quality wrought iron. And it seems like it's kind of, it's uh, not homogenous. I mean, uh, the ingredients kind of uh, vary from one piece of the iron to the other piece. It's not something that, that humans would ever have made. They tell us that it, it doesn't look like it was designed or engineered. And then in the next sentence, they tell us, well, it's not naturally occurring, more than likely. Well, then what is it? 
it can only be of one of two things. Anything you look at, from the rock in your front yard to uh, the computer on your desk, it's either been engineered and designed, or it has occurred naturally. Some would argue designed by a higher power. Either way, it's either man-made or it's not. And what they're saying, and it's very cloudy language, by saying that it's not engineered or designed, they're saying it's not man-made. And then in the next sentence they're saying it's not naturally occurring, which means that it is man-made or made by some intelligent uh, entity. This notion of these things not just being some biological creature from another planet or maybe maybe not even AI. These things, this UFO phenomena, it's starting to shape up as an interdimensional phenomena. And we're seeing that Congress is catching on to that by the words that people like David Grush use when they're under sworn testimony. And the scientists see this, but they don't want to admit it, and they don't want to let the cat out of the bag. When they're seeing these ships, craft, whatever they are, just appear out of nowhere into our dimension. Oftentimes these things are changing shape. They're almost as if they're using pure energy to transmutate into different things, and occasionally they leave something behind, what we call UFO metamaterial. And occasionally that material looks like it's from somewhere else, and occasionally it looks like it's just common yet peculiar material that could have been left here by someone or something, but probably not. And they won't tell us. They won't. They won't make us. They won't make a final judgment on it. Even though we have 11 people in 1977 see a UFO drop a chunk of molten level out of the sky, they go out there, they wait for it to cool down, they get a sample of it, they send it to they send it to Iowa State University. They say, yeah, this stuff is iron, some kind of uh, crappy wrought iron material. It's kind of foamy in nature. You kind of see the little spaces inside the iron when you take the piece apart. Uh, it's not uh, homogenous like a normal iron would be. Uh, it doesn't look like it's been designed by anybody, these guys tell us, but it's not natural either. So they leave you right there in the valley of indecision because they don't want to admit what they know is the truth. These things are interdimensional. They're coming and going into our reality at will, and they are able to manifest themselves as physical objects and probably even as human beings. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.